Hey, it is December 12, 2021, and this is a sermon MP3 from Lawson Heights Alliance Church. Hey, may God bless you as you listen today. Today, Pastor Tyler Rohde is going to be doing a message from our series entitled, Yeshua Wakes Up to the World. It's from our series, Behold. May God bless you as you listen. This is the third Sunday of Advent. Throughout our lives and the Christmas season, there are many moments that bring us joy. Sometimes the Christmas season can also be overshadowed with anxiety and stress. But as we look to the birth of God's Son, it opens the door for joy to enter into our lives. It is natural to be excited and joyful when a baby is born. And we can be joyful knowing that God's Son, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, was coming down and would bring joy for all people. All people can rejoice knowing that someone special was born, and as a result, we can be born into his family. There was no hospital to visit, but the message was passed to the shepherds, and they got to visit the newborn king. So today we light the shepherd candle, the third one, which is pink and symbolizes joy. Luke 2, 8-14 And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, your plan is greater than we can fathom. We ask you to fill us with joy today as we worship you and anticipate the celebration of our Savior. Well, it's been a pretty exciting morning. Our kids did an amazing job, and we're thankful. Yeah, we can give them a hand. I know they practiced and they studied and they worked really hard and they memorized songs and it was a lot of work for kids and for their parents. So well done, everyone. And thanks, Bill and Elaine, for for lighting the candle and reminding us all these things that point to the purpose, the reason that we celebrate Christmas, right? The reason we celebrate Christmas is that Jesus, our Savior, was born. I'm Pastor Tyler, the Family Ministries Pastor here, and and it's a joy for me to open the scriptures with you this morning as we look to Luke chapter 2. Um... Last week, Pastor Mike walked us through some of the seemingly impossible circumstances that led to our Savior's birth. Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, received a message from an angel and gave birth to a son who would prepare the way for the Messiah. He wasn't the Messiah, but he prepared the way for him. And then, Mary herself, the descendant of King David, the shepherd boy, who was told by the angel that she would give birth to the Son of God. And in Luke 1, verse 37, last week we were reminded, the angel assured Mary, for nothing will be impossible with God. Because there are many times in our lives where it feels like, it may seem like God is quiet, but we know that he never sleeps. God does the impossible. And so today, as the kids read the scriptures, uh, they read about the shepherds, as Bill and Elaine read about the shepherds and the birth of Jesus. The shepherds were out in the fields. They were frightened by something. 
Standing in front of them was a huge warrior of light, blazing in the darkness, an angel that said, don't be afraid. The angel said, I haven't come to hurt you. I've come to bring you good news. That'll be for everyone. Today in David's town, in Bethlehem, God's son has been born. And you can go and see him. He's sleeping in a manger. Then troops and troops of angels, the heavenly armies, a great company, a heavenly host, appeared before them, praised God, and said, glory to God in the highest. Glory to him. To him be favor and honor. And then as quickly as they appeared, the angels left. And the shepherds left too. And that's where we pick up this morning here in Luke chapter 2, verses 16 to 20. Let's pray and then let's look at the scriptures. Father, we are so thankful for your word. We are so thankful for the truth that we find in it. And as we continue to open the scriptures, I pray that they would bring life to us, that they would bring joy. That wherever we are, whether we're here in person or at home online, that we would be able to have our hearts open so that we can come afresh to this Christmas as we behold the truth of our Savior. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. So we look at Luke chapter 2, verses 16 to 20. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd had said to them. But Mary, Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned and glorified and glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. After meeting the, the, uh, the angel, the shepherds presumably left their sheep behind. And what I can understand by, about shepherding is they probably didn't just abandon the herd in the field, abandon them in the desert all by themselves. They were probably penned up in the, in the, close to a hill or, or on the edge of a mountain side in a crevice so the sheep wouldn't get away. But when they left, they didn't have anyone to protect them from predators. Since they, so it kind of looks like they just neglected what they were up to. But I wonder, this doesn't, we don't really get an explanation here, but I wonder in the midst of it all, when God shows up with the angels and the angels send them, I wonder if there's just a little piece that maybe God was taking care of those little sheep. Not a big deal, but it's just interesting to see what God's up to in this passage. As they left their sheep uh, and then went to find out what was going on. I wonder what happened and how it exactly looked, but I think that's a pretty good guess. The message was so amazing that they said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see what would happen, what the Lord has told us about. The shepherds found Mary and Joseph and the newborn baby, Yeshua, Jesus, lying in a manger. His little hands, so soft and delicate, his cute little baby cheeks, his soft baby voice, His eyes were beginning to open and focus and see humanity in a way that the Son of God had never experienced it before. And in this tumble-down stable was the promised child, heaven's son. The maker of the stars was a baby lying in the manger. The history of the nativity, the Christmas story, is not new to many of us. When it comes to Christmas, many of you experienced Christmas for many, many years. Some, a few more than others. And that's great. (laughs) But for some, especially if you're newer to Canada, you might notice that we celebrate things a little differently. And so Christmas, Christmas has this feel to it that is exciting and we look forward to. For others, though, we get caught up in the lights and the music, although I really enjoy some good Christmas music. 
Uh, we, enjoy the, we enjoy the food and the decorations, and sometimes, though, that can distract us from the, from the real reason. We get distracted um, by all the, all the movies and those things, just like the doctor had in our skit. And for some, it can feel like Christmas is a fun tradition, but it can kind of lose its awe and wonder. Yeah, the baby was born 2,000 years ago, but it kind of loses a little bit of its of magic, loses its awe and wonder. It's because I don't think it's magical, but it is awe and wonderful. And so as we open up the scriptures today, we can see how we can behold the Savior this Christmas, then really every day, but especially this Christmas. The shepherd said, come on, let's go. And like the shepherds, the first thing we take note of in this passage is that we can discover and rediscover Jesus. We can discover Jesus. That's the first thing we notice in this passage. In scene one of our skit this morning, there was a special message that was revealed to the angels. Uh, <laughs> a message from the angels that was revealed to the shepherds to discover the newborn baby for themselves. It was a message here that they, they were to do it with their science experiment, put some paint on there, and it's a little harder to see from a distance, but it said, listen to the angels. And it's really important for us as we're looking, as we're looking to discover is where do we look to discover and experience Christmas over the holiday season? Are we looking to the Hallmark Channel or are we looking to the Word? What I find really interesting is that the book of Luke has uh, 24 chapters in it which is similar or exactly the same to the days leading up to Christmas. So with 24 days leading up to Christmas, if we started on December 1st and read one chapter a day, we would learn not only about his birth right at the beginning, but we'd learn all about Jesus all throughout the month of December. We'd learn why he came, which is pretty exciting. Now, I know it's not December 1st right now. We're well into the Christmas season, aren't we? It's December 12th today. But there's 12 days till Christmas and 24 chapters. So if we were to read two chapters a day, we would accomplish the same task. So whether maybe you make it a goal this year to read two chapters a day between now and Christmas and, and rediscover who Christ is, I encourage you to pray, to open up your mind and heart and ask God, God, how can you teach me something new this Christmas? My heart and mind is open to you. Christmas is so much fun. It is the most wonderful time of the year. And I think we can come to it new and afresh in our hearts and as we look at the scriptures. But whether you start reading one chapter a day or two chapters a day, the most important thing is that we get in the Word. And we think about what can we do this Christmas, but what can we do to discover Jesus? And that's actually a question, probably the most important question I want us to think about today, is what am I going to do this Christmas to behold the Savior? It might seem like a lot of work to, to read the Bible or to discover, but I think it's an important thing for us to do. There's a variety of things that we can do so that we can discover the true meaning of Christmas and enjoy it again and again. As they discovered the Son of God, Yeshua, Jesus, he himself woke up to the new reality that he hadn't experienced before. Jesus was waking up to the world. God's plan of redemption was happening right before the shepherd's eyes. God's Son had arrived. He was a real baby. He was real human. But not just any human. He was fully human and fully divine. His mother, uh, Mary, had conceived him by the Holy Spirit. And in Philippians 2, verses 6 to 8, we read, Who, being in very nature God, 
He didn't consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. This wasn't just a little baby boy. This is the Savior of the world. Christ had become human so that he could save us from our sins, and his name is Jesus. His name Jesus means Yahweh saves or Yahweh is salvation. God is our salvation. Yet at the same time, he was the very nature of God. He was also uh, fully human. The eternal son reached out and took to himself a true and complete humanity without diminishing his deity. He united deity and humanity inseparably and eternally in one person. And this is essential, essential, that he was born and he had those two, that was his makeup, that he was 100% God and 100%, totally God and totally man. In Isaiah 41, 11, it says, I, even I am the Lord, and apart from me, there is no Savior. We need a Savior. Our world, <laughs> there's a lot of brokenness. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain, and we need help. All of us have sinned, and we fall short of God's glory. Thank goodness that he sent us a Savior. Not just one who could walk through with us, walk through life with us and sympathize with us, but one also who did those things and through him we can be forgiven, transformed, and made new. So what did the shepherds do after they discovered Jesus? They spread the word. And so the second thing we learned from this passage is that we can spread the word. All who heard the good news from the shepherds, they were amazed the word amaze means to wonder, to be astonished. And the word conveys the idea that when people heard the testimony about the shepherds, they got goosebumps. They pro- the prophesied Messiah had come now, eternal God in human flesh. Even in the days before YouTube, Facebook, text, and Instagram, the message of Jesus took off. God wants us to spread the word today like a balloon rocket. We can use our social media to share the good news. That's, that's fantastic. But more importantly, we can use our lives to spread and share the good news within our life networks, within the people that we work with, within the people that we see all the, all the time, whether it's at sports or activities or at school uh, or in our homes with our family. We have these wonderful life networks that we can share the good news. And so as we get ready for Christmas, there's just some practical things we can do. We can spend time with people. We can call them. We can volunteer together. We can go look at Christmas lights. We can have people over or go out for a meal. For some, that comes a little more naturally than others. But either way, what I'd encourage you to do as you do those things is to pray. Pray for your friends. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for the people in your life network that they be able to enjoy the good news of Jesus. We can saturate our Christmas in prayer. So before we invite people, we can pray. This, uh, This coming Friday, we have a special event coming up called Carols and Barrels. We're going to have some things set up outside, some fire pits set up outside, and we're going to sing some Christmas songs. I know I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. And so I'd encourage you to invite some friends to join you. I know myself, I've texted a couple of friends, and some people are busy. That's what happens with Christmas, right? We have lots of activities going on. But we want to keep inviting our friends to join us so that we can sing Christmas carols, so that we can enjoy our time together. 
We're also looking for a few people to help out, keeping an eye on the fires uh, to make sure everything goes smoothly, maybe help with setup or some food preparations. So you can sign up at the welcome table if you'd like. Uh, or if you're online, you could just email our church office. That would be great. But we're looking forward to this opportunity. So I encourage you to, to, to pray and to come and join us. Maybe there's other opportunities in your own household, in your own, uh, your own Christmas celebrations you can invite others to. What a joy it is to actually invite somebody to Christmas dinner in your home. That, for many families, it's, Christmas dinner is like just for our family. But sometimes it can be fun when you invite somebody else to join you. It can be a whole lot of fun when we do that. It's a time, it's a season for us to be generous, to be humble, to be loving, and to enjoy that together. One question I heard a few people actually ask this Christmas in particular is, why did God use the shepherds? Like, they're just average guys. Why did God use them to start spreading the news? And there's a variety of reasons. The two reasons that pop out to me as, as really powerful is that they were regular people. That's the point is they were regular people. God came to save everyone with the good news. And sometimes in their cultures, the, the message didn't get to the regular people first. It, it kind of stayed within the, the king and his palace and his court and those kinds of things. But the message came from regular people for everyone. It opened up the doors for that. It's also interesting to notice, so this is what I find wonderful, um, is that Jesus was born in, in Bethlehem in the city of David, in the town of David. So Jesus was born in the same place as David. And there were shepherds watching flocks just outside of Bethlehem. David's job was a shepherd. So isn't it interesting, as God promised that from David's family line would come the Messiah, basically, the Messiah not only came from his family line, but the message came to the same people that David was. The message came through the shepherds. People were looking for a king, and David was a king, and Christ is our coming king. Christ is our king. But the message also came through the shepherds, just like salvation came through the shepherd boy David. That eventually, through, not through David's life, but through his descendants, through Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection, we can be saved. It's incredible just to see all these little details. Isn't it cr- wonderful when a plan comes together? It's amazing. And so, right here in the scripture, and all throughout the scriptures, God keeps his promises. He does the impossible They can't contain themselves from testifying to what God has done. And so we look at the third thing we can take note of from this passage in verse 19. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And we learn that we too can treasure these things in our heart. We can behold the wonder that God's son opened his very human eyes to the world he created. We treasure these things in our hearts by going over them again and again. And we can contemplate on these events. Contemplation attempts to put things together in an understandable whole. That's why we look at the scriptures again and again. In Psalm 119, verse 11, it says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We can behold the treasure of Jesus by spending time in the word and renewing our minds. It can be hard to personally treasure these things if you feel like the birth of Jesus has lost its awe and wonder. So again, we we actually can look to David. In Psalm 51, we see his honest prayer. In Psalm 51, verse 12, David says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. That's a great prayer for all of us, for every season of life. We don't just sit by the fire on a nice, cozy, warm day and wait for Christmas miracle of supernatural joy. 
We can look to Psalm 51 again and to find the key to that awe and wonder. One of the keys, I should say. God's mercy and forgiveness. That's why God sent his son, born of a woman, so that we could be saved. And in Psalm 51, verses 1 and 2, David says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Don't cast me away from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Pardon me. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And then in verse 11 and 12, he says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. The reason I point to this is sometimes with all the busyness of life and this kind of things, we don't realize that actually it's our sin that can get in the way of us enjoying Christmas. Is there wrongs that we have done with family members, with friends, or just even in our own hearts that we actually need to just say, God, please forgive me. Maybe the key for you or for me or for all of us today to continue to behold and enjoy the Savior is that we turn away from our sin and turn towards Christ this Christmas. We don't stop that, though, just at Christmas. We don't stop treasuring these things in our hearts on December 26th. Take a look at what the shepherds did uh, in verse 20. The shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I know myself, as I was reading this passage uh, just this, this, uh, in the last week or so, I was thinking, wait a second, it said they, were, they returned. I wonder where they returned to. Anybody ever think of that before? People I talked to, nobody ever asked that question before. What did they return to? From the studying that I did, it, it looks like they, they returned back to their sheep. So they went back to what they were doing. Now, we, it's so fun to see one another, to worship God together, and chances are we're probably all going to go for lunch in a few minutes, right? We're probably going to eat lunch. I hear there's also something going on a little later today at 5 o'clock. Great cup. Anybody going to watch a great cup today? So all of us, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, there's a few of us, like myself, that are going to be watching the football game today, and we're going to return back to what we're doing. And as we return, I think there's something we can take with us. There's that good news that we can take with us wherever we go and with whatever we're doing. We can continually behold the Savior and share the amazing good news. The shepherds didn't just leave it there. They didn't just tell everybody and then went, went back to their sheep and, and twiddled their thumbs and thought, oh, I don't like my job anymore. Nah, the shepherds returned glorifying God and praising God and singing and shouting his praise. They were excited that he just experienced Jesus. And we can too. We can continually behold the amazing good news that Jesus is our Savior. In scene number two, uh, Dr. brushed off and had his holiday schedule jam-packed, but realized that he could use some peace. So what does Christmas look like for your family? I think our family uh, Christmas the next, over the next two weeks is maybe a little, uh, is booked fairly solid. I'm looking forward to it. The many different opportunities that we have to spend time with friends and family and to be encouraged by the, the joy that we have in Christ. It doesn't really matter how busy you are, whether you have lots on your schedule or not. The tradition around Jesus' birth can lose its wonder. 
A couple weeks ago, I, we uh, took a drive to Klinkskill Drive. Has anybody ever been to Klinkskill Drive lights before? I'm always surprised at how many people haven't heard of Klinkskill Drive. Now, you've heard it three times. But Klinkskill Drive is probably, in my opinion, the, the best light show in Saskatoon. So if you haven't been there, mark it on your calendar. My family, we've been going every year. And this year, we took some friends from out of town. And so we went. And as we were there, I, I looked at the lights, and they were all moving with the music, and it was all great. And I was like, I thought it was bigger. <laughs> I'd seen it enough times that, I'll be honest, it had lost a little bit of its awe and wonder. Now, it's like a thousand times bigger than the Christmas lights I have set up at my house, right? It's worth a drive. If you haven't been, oh my goodness, it's, it's good if you like seeing lights and shiny things. If you like having fun, then go. Get out of your car and listen to the music. It's good. But for me, after seeing it, you know, five, six times and getting the family picture there, even though they try to tweak it a little bit each year, it wasn't quite as amazing as it used to be. But then I looked to the house beside, not on the left. On the left, they have lots of inflatables. That's really unique and cool too. But on the right, there was something special. And I think it's always been there before, but I'm not sure I really noticed it or treasured it like this year. I looked to the right and there was an advent display set up. It was huge. Each candle, like they weren't real candles, but each candle that they had set up was like this big. And they had, it was week one, so they just had one light lit. So there was a bunch of empty candles. And I thought, how cool is this? That not only do we get to see all the bright lights and, and flashy things and time to music and all that, but right next door, there's somebody literally shining their light at Christmas. So I encourage you today, maybe today, go for a drive, uh, but to take part and enjoy and to open your heart and mind and even just ask God to help you enjoy the Christmas season, help you behold the birth of the Savior. He was God and he is man. Maybe that still seems a little confusing. We can continue to ask questions of how does that all work? It works in just such a way that through him, through his life, death, and resurrection, we can be forgiven, transformed, and made new. Let's be honest. Our, uh, our ice trick here, as, uh, as glorious as it was supposed to be, it always worked in practice, right? For the kids, we've seen it a couple of times, and so I'm not sure that they would have been amazed by the ice trick. What's supposed to happen is as they pull the rope out, the ice all clumps together and sticks together, and we stay connected to Jesus. Now, if you've seen that 30 times, it probably loses a little bit of its excitement. Unless you're one of those grandmas that can be excited about everything, you can see the same thing 30 times and still show your grandkids that you love it. Those people are amazing. But for us, for myself, I know the 30th time, it probably would lose a little bit of its awe and wonder when you see that or, or, or if you understand the science behind it and, and knew that it was going to happen. Um, Chris, Christmas can, can be like that. The birth of this baby can be like that. Yet there's also this ability for us to be amazed when we see the beauty of a sunrise or a sunset or a sunny day, even though we've seen thousands of them. Just even this past week, I was uh, driving down Spadina, and I noticed there was somebody who had got out of their vehicle, uh, a lady, and she had her phone out, and she was taking a picture of the sunrise, bright and early at quarter after nine in the morning. <laughs> we've seen those before. In Saskatchewan, our land of living skies, our sunrises, sunsets are pretty amazing, Right? But there's just something amazing about them. And even more so, there's something amazing about the one who created them. Jesus is our Savior. He was born. God, man, the Son of God. 
through him, we can continue to glorify and praise him. In fact, that's what we're going to do right now. I'll invite music team to come up, and we're going to sing some songs, and we're going to praise him because he is good. Jesus was born. He was a real person. He was really God. And through him, we can be forgiven, transformed, and made new.